Hey, gorgeous. Welcome to Bombshell Radio. I'm your host, Jackie Dixon, best-selling author of The Bombshell Manifesto. And my mission is to help you live your manifesto as a biblical bombshell who is healthy, holy, and hot, fully on fire for God, even in the tough areas of body, beauty, and intimacy. I believe our calling is to be fiercely feminine, spreading the gospel as a powerful woman, living out her assignment in all ways. Each week, I'll be giving you motivation, inspiration, and top tips for bombshell living, as well as interviews with bombshells at the top of their game in health, marriage, motherhood, business, and beyond. So you can be inspired to live your own bombshell journey exploding onto the scene in a way that sets you free and sets the world on fire. Ready, Bombshell? If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can find Bombshell Radio in iTunes, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and Himalaya. And while you're there, be sure to leave me a review. I'd love to know your thoughts, and I'd love to know who you'd like me to interview next. Hey friends, I have to rock out a little bit to the song, right? Sometimes I'll sing for you guys, I promise. I have to get bolder, right? When I get bolder, I'll sing for you guys on here sometime. <laughs> maybe, maybe, no promises. But what I do promise you today is I have a really, really good topic something that I think about in my head all of the time and I'm always doing these internal rants on and have found to be the case so much more than I want it to be, okay, for so many women. So what we're gonna talk about today is what happens when women don't have their own money, okay? Now I know we're in the 21st century, why do we even need to talk about this? Because it's still happening. It's still happening all the time. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of a, um, an overview of what it looks like now and then we're going to get into these these very bad consequences and I'm going to give you my impassioned plea that you would create your own income if you are female I don't care what your goals are in life currently that you're aware of because they change and they come at you when you don't expect them and then if you don't have the means but we'll get there so so many women right now go to college I believe that the statistics show that even most people in college are female right they maybe go out and then get a job. They're, you know, an administrative assistant somewhere or they're a um, legal assistant or, or whatever they do. They have some kind of temporary career and maybe they continue that if they get married and if they have children. And if so, then I don't need to talk to these women unless you have a joint bank account and he still controls it all. But hopefully you're still smart enough to not do that if you have your own career. Who I'm talking to here and the woman I encounter way too frequently is a woman who has probably a phenomenal education, an extraordinary level of natural intelligence, intuitiveness, a lot to provide the world. She maybe worked after college, maybe she just got married immediately, you know, either way, doesn't matter. But whether she was at one point financially independent or not, she married and um, how can I say this politely, okay? Bear with me. She uh, came to believe that it would be just fine if her husband made 100% of the income, 
um, and that they would share it and that it was their money, our money, right? Not his, that she had to ask for. Um, it was a joint thing. We make decisions together. This is how we stay one. This is how we keep the marriage strong. And then, I, you know, she has children. So now she's providing, quote unquote, for the family in that way. And that she's doing the child raising, which is a massive, massive job. And now there's more expenses because there's more people. There's more needs. There's more factors. And there's still this one income they're pulling from. And it's his. <laughs> okay? Even if he's not saying that it's his. It's his. Because generally speaking... Even the most well-intentioned men who I have met, and I have spoken to many husbands because I work with women who usually have to go request permission from their husbands, but we'll get to that in a minute. So I talk to the men as well, and they have the best interests of their family at heart, but they still have the control, okay? So even if they um, really deeply claim to believe and see that their income is the family's income and that they make communal decisions based on that, what I have found is that at the end of the day, the buck, literally, the buck stops with him. Okay? It, it comes down to what he says, he says, goes. And she basically has to grin and take it. I mean, she can throw a temper tantrum, she can threaten this, she can threaten that, but unless she has her own income... She's kind of stuck, okay? Now, why, okay? I'm gonna get into this in a minute, and one thing I don't even have on here. One reason is because, okay, well, that's ridiculous. If he's treating her that way, she should just leave, right? And I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying that is a common opinion, a common reaction to this situation. How are you gonna leave if you don't have money, right? And I talk to so many God-blessed, sweeted, wonderful people who don't believe in credit cards, and they've just done Dave Ramsey's financial piece university and we don't believe in putting anything on credit and i'm thinking then you don't believe in financial freedom because you are stuck with however much actual cash is dripping into the bank you can't take chances and if he happens to not take the best care of you and he has all of the money this is how women <laughs> i wasn't thinking i would rant on this video but here we go this is how women have been abused for centuries because they don't have a financial way out so if the marriage situation is such that he is controlling the finances and then she doesn't have like her own bank account, her own credit cards in her name, not in his name, a way of making financial decisions, maybe that he doesn't approve of. But if you're needing to escape perhaps an abusive situation, girlfriend, it doesn't matter what he thinks, right? It doesn't matter what he thinks. So I have these sweet women come to me all the time and they are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Okay, and we have a conversation about something that feels so yes to them. And it's not just like, oh my gosh, that sounds like fun. I so want that. This is something that they know they need right now. This is their next step, their big calling, their life transformational decision and movement forward. It's, it's a screaming yes in every direction for them. But it ain't for him. And he has the final say. One of the most hilarious places I see this is when I sell my intimacy course, the O class. And when I talk to business coaches, especially female business coaches, they think, well, wouldn't every dude want his wife to be like yelling his name from the ceiling, you know? But anyway, there are many more factors at play there. And it's just, they're not always able to see the vision, okay? And that's where we're gonna get into what happens right here. Because here's the thing. <sighs> I believe God can give vision to whoever he wants. 
I don't think it's a predominantly female thing. I don't think it's a, you know, men are the head of the household, therefore they have the right answer kind of thing. I don't believe it means that you have been sinless all your life or whatever, right? God can drop a vision onto someone of what he wants them to do at any time. And if they've cross-checked, and yes, all puns intended there, cross-checked that and they're sure or feel relatively certain that this is most likely what he's asking them to do, right? And you can always, almost always bail from a situation if you then feel, oh, nope, this is not actually what he thought or what he said. But if you have a vision and you don't have your own funding, You are, what's the word I'm looking for? You're dependent. <laughs> There's the word I'm looking for, the very strong uh, descriptive term that actually fits those of us in the military, right? My husband's in the military and I am, by definition, I have a dependent ID. I am a dependent. It's really, it's a wild, it's a wild thing to kind of think through and study. But anyway, we're, you're dependent on him seeing that same vision and if you have followed anyone who talks about vision and dreams and guidance and goals and God, then you know, and protect, if you've had your own experience with this, other people usually don't get your vision. Like God does not deliver it to them because it's not their journey of showing him their faith to believe in your vision. That's your journey. Your journey is believing in God's vision to you and walking that out in faith even when it's hard. They didn't get that assignment, right? That's not their job. And yet we've created this culture around women and money, and particularly in Christian churches and Christian cultures, structures, where the man makes the money because she's raising the children, and therefore, basically, the big decisions, and even sometimes the small ones, which is super painful, right? No, you can't buy a $5 coffee. No, you can't get a manicure. Are you kidding? No, we're not going to go to the slightly nicer hotel that's $50 more a night that, you know, whatever, has working Wi-Fi because you're trying to start a business or whatever it may be. It all comes back to what he wants because he is the, the bacon earner, <laughs> the bacon earner, the bacon earner, the, the pocket strings controller, right? Whatever term you want to use. And so the first thing that happens when women don't have their own money is their vision becomes dependent on someone else. Okay. Their vision is, becomes dependent on someone else. They depend on someone else for their dreams. And 99 times out of 100, that other person did not get your dream, right? I mean, unless your husband is like Joseph and the angel appears to him too and says, hey, just don't freak out. What she's doing is fine. Okay, just, just go with it here. Generally speaking, that doesn't happen. Generally speaking, from all of the stories that I have heard and what I have lived, God gives you a vision. God gives one specific person a vision and it's their job to make that happen with him but the other person didn't get it, right? And part of the journey is being in relationship with other people who didn't get your vision, even as you are still expected to live it out by God, okay? So number one, you become dependent on someone else for your vision, dependent on someone else for your dreams coming true. So what happens then, I'm looking at my notes down here because I actually took notes for this video. Usually I'm just like, fly by the seat of my pants. Um, that means that if you're not allowed to pursue your dreams, you're still living a life, like something is happening to you. And if it's not what you want, guess what it's going to be? Did you guess? It's what they want, right? The person with the power will dictate your life unless you have some way of having, you know, a little bit of equal power or they're just the most incredibly benevolent, laid down their life, Christ sacrificial person in the world, which is, yes, the model for men in a Christian household. But let's be real, that's not the majority, right? I mean, being in marriage ministry for a very long time, that's not 
what's usually happening behind the scenes. Okay. It's the ideal. It's the goal, but it's not most people's reality. Okay. So you're going to live whatever the person in power wants you to live, which means you're then stunting or denying your calling, right? So you've been given an assignment and you're saying no to God because you're saying yes to someone else. And, and, Hear me out here. I understand that callings are multidimensional, right? You're also called to be a good wife or a good mother or, you know, healthy and, and faithful with God and involved in your church, all of these things. But what I have learned from the Lord is that if I am in partial disobedience, I am still in disobedience, right? And I can be doing all of the things correctly, specifically all the things that other people want me to do, right? There are callings on me, which happen to also align with part of God's calling for me. But if I have a part that does not fit in with their priorities, but it's still from God, I'm still in disobedience if I'm not following them. Okay, so you, you stunt or deny your calling. Another thing. The next thing is that you can live abused, right? If women don't have a financial way out or they're in this miserable middle zone where they have a little bit of power and usually the relationship's okay, but it's not always okay. Sometimes it's awful. But they don't have a means of shaping the interactions with their spouse because they have a little bit of weight behind them financially. An abusive cycle can begin, which the children will see and probably pick up. And they're usually going to stay stuck in it, you know? And again, if, if he won't go to a counselor, if he won't change, right? And there's really no need for him to because she can either threaten to leave, right? If you, this is the, none of the middle ground type things, going to counseling, getting accountability, whatever kind of healing and work that needs to be done. He won't do any of it. Let's pretend. She can threaten to leave, but can she? Because she has none of her own income. Or she can stay in this pretty nasty little situation, okay? So this is how a lot of abuse happens. Obviously in the US, you know, in many ways it's lighter. It still happens. I mean, especially in the military, domestic violence is a massive problem and that's physical violence or sexual violence. We're not even talking about emotional, verbal, you know, passive aggressiveness, all that kind of psychological abuse. Okay, and in other countries around the world, this is like disaster level. If you have been in my O class, you know we talk about genital mutilation and the things that happen to women. Right? And it's not always because exclusively of the financial situation. There's politics and there's all these kinds of other forces at work. But the bottom line is when women have the power through having income, it doesn't happen as much. Okay? So what happens then on these kind of these better situations, U.S.-based kind of first world situations, she doesn't have the power. It's not tremendously abusive. She's stunting her calling. Well, she becomes miserable. She becomes resentful. She becomes bitter, which does not bless the marriage or the family. She begins the deceptions and manipulations that inevitably ensue, right? Which then the children watch and they learn that that's the kind of relationship dynamic that's expected in marriage. And your husband becomes like your dad, right? You have an allowance. This is acceptable. This is on the okay side. This is on the not okay side. And you have to live like a 13 year old, hoping you don't get grounded, right? Hoping you don't get caught if maybe you did something that he wasn't really on board with and then dealing with the fight. If so, you're treating the man who's supposed to be your lover, your confidant, your friend, your support -er, like isn't a cheerleader, but not a handouter like your dad, or like whoever would provide for you financially if you were a kid. I mean, as a child, yes, the dynamic is different, but sweetheart, you're an adult woman. You're an adult woman, okay? You've grown up, you're over 18, you've gone through college most likely, you've got a lot to offer the world, and now you have intentionally, not perhaps not intentionally, but you have effectively put yourself back into the position of 
weakness. And we're calling this fill in the blank there biblical. And it's not, okay? So I would invite you, and I have many more things to say about this as far as what to do, but for now, right, to wrap this up, go read Proverbs 31 again, okay? And tell me if that woman, who is not also a great wife, a great mother, faithful to God, high in her character, creates goods and sells them in the marketplace on her own, buys property without consulting her husband. She sees that it is good and she buys it. That's her decision-making purchasing process. Why? Because she has her own income, in my opinion, right? I mean, it certainly helps <laughs> that her husband was just one of those like lay down, do whatever you want, sweetheart, kind of walk over guys. And I don't think that's the case. Okay, so go reread Proverbs 31. Get in your head, get out of your head that this is what God wants, that this is the ideal structure, that women don't need to have an income that threatens the guy or my husband's taking care of it. I mean, and again, if he is the most unbelievably giving anything you want, sweetheart kind of guy, then you really, you know, you are perfectly fine in my opinion, because probably he will support whatever it looks like for you to bring any of your callings to fruition. So that it's not like this is mandatory, but generally speaking, because of the situations that I see, it becomes necessary in order for you to be faithful to the entire calling that you have and to not grow bitter, resentful, manipulative, and telling your daughter not to make the same mistakes you did in your marriage. Okay? So go reread Proverbs 31. Understand that I'm going to start sharing with you ways where you don't have to choose. Well, then do I go back to work and not take care of my kids? Well, then do I just like take over my husband and, and become the boss of the family? No, no, there's a beautiful way to do this. But I first just want you to reflect on what happens when women don't have money. Do you see this anywhere in your life? Have you seen this in other women's lives? What are you living out right now that you might not be conscious to? And then go reread Proverbs 31. And you tell me what you see there, okay? So much love to you guys. A lot more to say on this to come, okay? So stay tuned. Have a beautiful weekend. Talk to you soon. Today's episode is brought to you by The Bombshell Manifesto. The Bombshell Manifesto is a two-time number one best-selling book. And it's where I really teach the philosophy of the biblical bombshell. After spending years in ministry and now more years running my life coaching business, I see so many young women and even women well into their lives just floundering and kind of flopping around in some of the essential areas of God-created femininity, such as their relationship with God, their relationship with their bodies, their relationship with men, with sex, with beauty, with their finances. And I just don't think we have time for that. I think that we are called to do such big things for God while we're here. We've got to get these areas under control, locked on, so we can move forward toward our exciting assignments and massive callings in life. So in this book, I really give you the behind the scenes of my personal journey, struggling with what God was calling me to be as a woman. Going back and forth around the over-sexualized ideas of femininity or the completely asexual versions we often see in the church where we're not supposed to talk about that tough stuff. I lead you through the research and the history around the concept of a bombshell, a few personal visions and ideas I have around it, and then the scripture that God puts in front of us as how he wants us to understand the important role we play as women. Do you know that a woman was the way that the Savior came into the world and was the first evangelist of his resurrection and then ascension. This is a big deal, ladies. So hop over to bombshellmanifesto.com. Now you can find this book on Amazon. 
But if you go through bombshellmanifesto.com, I've got a couple extra fun free bonuses and ways that you can actually get free trainings and audios that take this whole concept deeper. We walk through the 12 pillars of a biblical bombshell, addressing tough areas of life like opening to vulnerability and intimacy, understanding beauty and God's calling for it, getting deeper into our confidence and our security, committing to a relationship with God that blows our minds and more. What I see so much from women and hear from them, and quite frankly, I hear it from men who are looking for a woman to marry or they want their wife to come alive in the way they know that she can, is that there's some kind of tapped-in femininity that is out there that is possible but that's incredibly difficult to find. Women long to be it, men long to find it, and this is the calling that we have as women. This is what we're able and even asked to step into, required, I would say, to step into, to live out everything God has for us. But I see so many women who are stuck in mediocrity and are told that that kind of complacency is contentment and that's where they should stay and they should just be happy with it and, you know, that's life. I don't think that's what God's asking. I don't think that's what we're here to do. And I don't think we have any more time to waste. So join me over at bombshellmanifesto.com. Let's light this thing on fire. Let's get out into the world and do what we're supposed to do. Do what we can do. Be fully who God has called us to be. The bottom line is this. The entire world is obsessed with women. And they should be. That's the way it's designed. We are the ones who continue life. We continue the human race. We are always going to be attracting people's attention. We are always going to be shaping human beings, shaping culture, and pointing people towards something. The question is, what are we pointing them toward? Have we completely released and activated every area of our God-designed femininity to do those things well? I hope you'll join me. I think there's no more important calling on this earth as a woman than to live out her full God-given design and to use it to point people to Him. So let's get this thing started. Let's set ourselves free. Let's set our families free. And let's light the world ablaze with the truth that is only in the gospel. I'll see you at bombshellmanifesto.com.